2: Hey Handsomes, did you know that we finally have a weekly comic book podcast on this goddamn network? Series Issues is all new and all different, hosted by our good friend Levens from the infamous Blink 182 episode and rotating guests from across the Sands Pants radio lineup. Up next is episode one of the brand new season and if you like what you hear, you can listen to episode two where we talk about Jackson's love of hobos and the beginning of me becoming a dune boy.
3: Sam
1: Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network.
3: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast. My name is Andrew Levins, and joining me today, I have Joel Zammett and Jackson Bailey. Hello, hello. Uh, Thank you. Kings. 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 King and Queen. <laughs> yeah. Of, kings and of Queens. The Pants Radio Network. That is who we
2: are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like, mm, like Dunce and Dunce. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> the two
3: head dunces. So you've. Probably, you know, if you're familiar with this feed, this podcast, Serious Issues, you've definitely heard my voice way too many times on it. So hearing me at the start, no surprise. Maybe me mm. saying the word weekly for mm, the uh, first yeah. time in, in years is, comes as a surprise to you. But uh, guess what, everyone? Serious Issues is going to be a weekly comic book podcast again. Uh, we started many years ago, uh, and for the longest time, myself and Siobhan Coombs uh, hosted the podcast uh Every single week, and we reviewed sometimes more than 60 single issues of comics per episode. No. And
4: Jesus, no. B- believe it or not, everyone, no. we
3: burned out. What?
4: <laughs> Look, fair- hey, fair call. <laughs> That's insane.
3: I'm shocked. Uh, shocked to hear. So, all those episodes exist. You can revisit that era of serious issues and and wonder how we didn't lose our minds. Or maybe we did. You can let us know if we did. <laughs> Your um, whenever Whenever you like to, but this is uh, season two. This is all new, all different serious <laughs> issues. Um, we're going to be a weekly podcast again. I'm going to host every episode. Siobhan Coombs will be making appearances when she's able to fit us into her busy work and parenting schedule. Work, parenting and comic book reading yeah, schedule. I mean- She's still reading him. Don't worry, everyone. Everyone worried. She's still reading him. Not sixty a week, but she's <laughs> yeah, still reading him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, previous guests of the podcast, like Connor, will make appearances, and others as well. Um, but most excitingly, uh, every single week, I'll be joined by at least one, two, or even three mm. of uh, my favorite folks over at SansPants. Pants. Uh, because I mean, I know, I know you guys sure. all somehow and amongst you, like like me, you know, we, we play too many video games. Mm. We uh, what's the other thing that we do?
2: Uh, we do movie some bit- things, a TV thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but also, <laughs>
3: we read too many comic. We definitely host too many podcasts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but- yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Do that. Uh, yes. Um, but we all, we all, we all read comics, and mm. so yep. I wanted to change the format of this podcast so any of us can come on and do this podcast. Um, you guys, pro- um, Jackson and Damit, both uh, host a podcast called Thumb Cramps, along with Joel Dusha, who will also be appearing on Serious Issues, um, and the format of that podcast is each of them talk about a video game that they've been playing that week, every week. And I thought, hey, that makes just as much sense as that for comic books. Yeah, mm. for sure. Um, yeah, it's not 60 games in a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, that would be insane. <laughs> the longest podcast ever. <laughs> it just never stops recording. It's yeah. just, yeah, yeah. you finish the 60th and then you
2: hit You've start on the it next out. episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, It's just very, it's just... Doing 60, like, reading 60 comics in a week is very reminiscent of when I used to, like, collect hard copy, like, floppies of, of comics. Mm. Oh, yeah, was I was doing that, yeah. I, I think I got to a point where I I definitely burnt maybe one or two comic book shops where they had, like, a pull order that I just ghosted. Oh, that's... So I can only imagine, like, <laughs> no, this no. thick oh, stack oh of comic God. books that they're like, he's coming back, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's he, going to be here. He will
4: buy these comics, He wants these variants. Right?
2: Then, yeah, yeah. Then at some point, they're going to be like, let's put them on the shelf. Let's put them on the shelf. <laughs> let's it's put them fine. in the dollar bin. Right. That- yeah, yes. uh, so I, we
3: were actually worked. We were recorded from Kings Comics in Sydney, uh, which still exists. You can mm-hmm. check them out at kingscomics.com. Um, and I think it was being at the uh, being at the store, seeing all the comics on the shelf, and them going, "Yeah, just borrow whatever you want." And oh, I said, no. well, <laughs> you know, almost it was like that, you know, which comics do you want to borrow Elevens? Oh. Yes.
2: <laughs> and just <laughs> yeah. up reading, Hit reading a candy all of them. Store. Oh no, that's mm. dangerous. Yeah. And like,
3: especially because I, I swear if you go back and listen to those uh, old episodes, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I hated this. I definitely <laughs> yeah, yeah. hated this. This, this comic <laughs> destroyed my soul. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> because Marvel and DC put out way too many comics every single Absolutely. week. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's where the majority of my burnout came from. Um, so I mostly read manga these days, but um, occasionally we'll read the odd uh, highly recommended uh, uh, superhero or other crime uh, crime crime comic books are one of my favorites, and I think we share an interest in that, Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, but if you're familiar with uh, with many many long episodes of, of Sans Pants podcast, particularly episodes of Plumbing the Death Star, you'll know that Zamet is a huge freak for yes. X Men. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, that and too. Most yeah. most Marvel. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Uh, and fight. there have been times, I know I've heard you stop yourself from ranting mm. about the current state of uh, of certain superhero it comics. Definitely mm. always and feels
4: like standing on a landmine with Zamet. You like. Mm you have just an idle, simple question where you're like, what's, I don't know, Professor X up to these days? And then he opens his mouth and you're oh, like, well, well. I
3: wanted a one-sentence answer, but... um, I wish I was talking about 60 video games yeah. right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, so this is an outlet for for Zamet now too, and Jackson Finally. as well, and, mm. and Dusha, and I reckon Tom Walker reads comics, yeah, and, uh, and uh, a, pl- a plethora of uh, of mm. sans pants uh, radio hosts will now appear on serious issues. but Most importantly, it's weekly again. We'll be reviewing less comics overall, but there'll be more episodes and therefore more content. What more okay? could you want?
4: Well, yeah, what do you what do you want from us? <laughs> <laughs>
3: this is what
4: you get. Yeah, leave us alone. Stop <laughs> yelling at us. This me. is exciting. Yeah. Be happy. <laughs>
2: I get to talk about X Men, and I'm pretty happy with that.
4: Sometimes I feel like I treat the listeners like I'm like a like a bad dad at a birthday party, and I'm like, "Why aren't you smiling? It's happy. Blow the candles out. <laughs> You're liking the party, aren't yeah. you? You're it's liking good. the outside. Put down the video game. Ah, kid, always put away phone. your Game Boy. Come on, <laughs> experience the world. Dance with grandma. You know? This is
3: just the, this is what the podcast is now. Just you guys yelling <laughs> <laughs> and and me forgetting what we were talking about before you started yelling. Um, so on the podcast today, um, Zamet, you're going to review Planet Size X Men. Yes, a single yes. issue of the yes. comic that came out a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Jackson, what are you reviewing?
4: I'm going to review. I think the only three issues are out at the moment, but it's a, a comic called Sarah Jewel and the House of Lost Horizons, which is a Dark Horse
3: comic set in the Hellboy verse. Um, Excellent. So that's what I'll be I'll be looking at. And I'll be reviewing a manga series called Toritan Birds of a Feather. Ooh. Let's mm. get right into it, mm. Zamet. Tell me about Planet Size X-Men.
2: Well, so Planet Size X-Men, I think, is, a, as we all know, a uh, mm-hmm. play on, I guess, giant size X-Men, yep. where uh, back in the 70s, when they were trying to, uh, I guess, revamp the series, they decided to get the five original X-Men. They chuffed them off to an island somewhere, and so we got the brand new, all different, all exciting X-Men, all from around the world. We've got Colossus, mm-hmm. a Nightcrawler, Wolverine, all your old favorites. Thunderbird, Wolverine. he died pretty quickly. Who's sounds like a spread. <laughs> hmm? uh, Th- Thunderbird. Thunderbird, he died in, like, uh, the almost the next issue. He was, like, <laughs> okay. a native of. American mutant they were like let's chuck him on kill him off I don't need to worry about Thunderbird that's yeah, what I'm here yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, and again it was a big shakeup of the status quo let like storm there banshee so you mm-hmm. got like Ireland Africa oh well all the different Fabulous. nations in the world have mutants uh, and so with planet sized uh, uh x men it's another big shakeup of of the status quo that is the current x men uh i I, I guess storytelling because again in the last year maybe two uh x-men have just had this giant revamp because boy howdy did it get silly and stupid and bad mm-hmm. um we we had the 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 age of x-man which was just terrible and then yeah, what please came tell me that, your lo-
3: what's the lowest point that you
2: have in it as an x Men? great rating. question uh, lowest point i mean there's so many you know <laughs> <laughs> that's grim that's grim to hear. that's a, that's a stone cold bomber man <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's just so much garbage that just kinda gets produced like, Oh, what's this? Oh no. I think Avengers no, it's not Avengers, uh Inhumans versus X-Men was pretty bad. Like mm-hmm. we, we, that we, may we be... covered that—that that was like one of the last things we covered before we stopped being weekly. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, there again. It was—it was just this terrible time in in Marvel's history where they're like, we don't own the rights for the movies for X Men, but we do own Inhumans, so we're going to push Inhumans mm. a lot, and no one cares. Yeah, but they still tried their damnedest to the point where, they're like, okay, it's not working. What if we actively killed off the X Men because it was the Inhumans' fault, but made the X Men the villains? Wow, and people were still like. No, we still hate this. Well, because were they like, okay, you don't care about. We need you to
3: care about the Inhumans. Yeah. So
4: Wolverine's dead, and now you care about Blackagar Baltagon yeah yeah, okay? yeah, 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 That's what you thing, should be caring. Them-
3: there were some genuinely good Inhumans comics at the time, but mm. like you have one of the strongest fan bases ever in X Men readers. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 We were revolted. Never... Yeah, exactly. You revolted. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> we're like, no, I'm not, I'm not having any of this. I'm not doing it. Like Blackagar Baltagon was like, okay, we're going to release the Terrigan Mist all over the world, yeah. so that you know uh, people who may or may not be Inhumans or who don't know that can become Inhumans, which is basically like mutants. You know, it just happens randomly, and we're like, nope, still don't care. Okay. Okay, what if the same mist killed mutants? And we're like, that we really don't like that. And and That's then it so just got worse. I think, uh, so that was a I pretty
3: think also b- around the same time yeah. Black Bolt died. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, so the X Men and Black Bolt died at around the same time,
2: and they killed off Cyclops, ah, uh, which was which was beautiful as well. They killed, oh, yeah. off, they killed off all of the Jamie Maddox, the Madrixes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is one of the, my like favorite characters of uh, yeah. the the X Men franchise. Uh, so that was pretty There's big blowpoint. point. There's a lot of him to kill. Oh, yeah, so many. That doesn't so sound many. easy. Uh, <laughs> so that was low, but also, again, the the, the the story that happened just before Hickman just came on and was like, we're just revamping it because th- they just felt like it's our last hurrah. And so they tried to cram a lot of 90s X-Men bullshit into the comics. Um and I was like, who is this for me? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but they did it in such a bad way. Like mm. Magneto appears and everyone's like, who's this guy? And they're like, oh, it's Joseph. You remember Joseph? And I was like, I do. No one else yeah. should. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it
3: was really <laughs> bad. How many, other, how many X-Men comics do you reckon, like single issues of X-Men comics, do you think you've read over the years? <sighs>
2: I, it would you? be up, up in the thousands, I think. Wow. Is there like, a period I, I, that you haven't read? Um, so I, I didn't read from, I I want to say like the Hope side, like when Hope came into it, yep. uh, who is the, um, I, I guess daughter of, uh, Cable or like the adopted daughter of Cable. So, um, after that, that, that's sort of when I dropped off the face of, uh, of X-Men where I'm like, I've had enough. <laughs> uh, this just seems like it, it was a bit of a high cause it was, uh, it was like the Messiah complex and it's like a bit of a high. The art was really good. The storyline was somewhat coherent and I was yeah. like, okay. I'm not going to get this for a while again. So I think this is a good, you know, just dropping off point. I'm done. Would you ever go
4: back? Would you ever go back and read the comics you missed? I have. Oh, okay. (laughs) okay. okay. I like all the Jason Aaron stuff
3: that kind of came out of that. Mm, He mm, he started on Wolverine shortly after Messiah Complex, I think. Okay. That's good.
4: Somehow
2: I find the X-Men just really exhausting. I don't know why. Why? (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, What What part of the last 10 minutes? (laughs) Uh, I I find out recently um, that Mystique had a kid with Xavier but also had a kid with Wolverine mm. and and they were like into the far future, but then they came back to the pro- path to like screw things up. And it was, it was uh, a slog. Yeah. A slog yeah. to get through.
3: X-Men, as well as having like one of the most insanely large character rosters, mm. um, also some of the most in- insane characters, time travel hijinks as well it's a bold Mm. combination
2: Mm. (laughs) and don't wrong, I'm a big fan of like the original like uh, uh, like what Cable did and all him like going to the future to kind of fix his techno-organic virus but then you're like okay yeah he's into the future and he comes back but then they're like what if we fuck it up more And Jean Grey and Cyclops go into the future anyway, but not as Jean Grey and Cyclops, but they'll call themselves Red and Slim, they'll raise him, but they won't tell him that they're actually his his actual parents, he won't figure that out for a while, anyway, he's back now Oh god (laughs) It's so, it just, it always feels like I'm at a party full of people
4: I don't really know, and I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know how to interact with any of these people, and I'm hearing all
2: of their drama, and I'm like, oh,
4: oh yeah, that's cool. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so who had a kid? I don't know that guy, but I'm excited. That sounds nice. I, uh, again, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a
2: beautiful soap opera that I love and adore. So, yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, so recently, uh, they've just revamped X Men to be the best it's ever been in a long, long time. Thank you for um, Hickman coming in and being like, let's just reboot, let's just do some. Good soft rebooting Hard rebooting Who gives a fuck There's like Things you remember We might include them Things you might not Who cares They might They might be the forgotten years Or whatever Yeah yeah And so they've just been like Right So after this All this bullshit that happened With uh, setting up So the mutants now live In an island called Krakoa mm-hmm. um, So they, they have this called uh, X of Swords crossover Which involves like Otherworld and magic And bullshit and the big takeaway there is that there was another island, uh, a living island. Krakoa was a living island. There's a second living island called Aroka, Uro- uh-huh. um, <clears> and, and two so- of
3: them once were, were a planet,
2: right? <laughs> yes, well, either a big planet or a big island. It's all to do with apocalypse. What, and- and what, was, what was the combination of Krakoa and Aroka called? Oh God, yeah, you're testing my. Krakaraka. <laughs> Surely it was called Krakaraka. Surely. <laughs> Tell me what's called Crockerocko. Let's say yes.
3: Yes. <laughs> That's awesome news.
2: And yeah, like, uh, when Apocalypse was first around, his first horseman, so Apocalypse... Uh, you've been I know he's got big, four horsemen. Big blue dude, and yep. he's got, like, horsemen of, like, whatever. And his wife mm-hmm. was also there, and they're like, there was some bullshit that went down by, like, a being called Annihilation, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we've got to stop uh, these people from invading. And so they're like, right, my horseman and my wife, you go in there, and I'll stay out here and protect... uh what is now Earth and Oroka goes in there. And so you've had like millennia of evolution where these mutants in particular who grew up in Oroka Oroka, yeah. sorry. Uh, they are uh, basically hardened yeah. by war because they're constantly fighting and so they're like more of a hardened race. Okay. Anyway, long story short uh, uh, that now that island now gets, got transported to Earth uh-huh. so now you have Cro- uh, 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 croaka and Oroka uh, uh-huh. kind of joined <laughs> together. <laughs> Anyhow! Because sure. now uh, you, you have these, these like million more mutants have just popped up uh, uh, for no reason. Everyone's like, that's that's, that's sus. Mm. But because they're more of a, a warlike mutant and they've sort of grown up where, where like, you know, uh, survival you of the fittest, exactly. kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're just kind of like causing a bit of uh, problems around Earth. So then Magneto has an idea to be like, right, let's terraform Mars and give it to them and that Mars can be the new, I guess, capital of the soul system. And, um, oh. uh, uh, and basically that can be – we're claiming Mars – for mutantum. and so planet-sized X-Men. Ah, the planet uh, is Mars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it <laughs> okay. involves gathering all the Omega-level mutants. So the Omega-level mutants, of course, being sure. mutants who have uh, basically just have like the upper limit of their particular power. So you've got Magneto because he can do shit with uh, magnets. Mm-hmm. That's real great. You got iron. Storm, who can yeah. do shit with like uh, weather. You got Vulcan, who does shit with like I don't know volcanoes. Maybe I don't Earth. know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've Ice got Man. Hope. Yeah, Ice Man. He does um, uh, molecular uh, manipulation with his ice. Yeah, uh, you've also got Hope, who can kind of like boost everything, and you've got a couple of like telekinetic and telekinesis people as well. Sure. Basically, they all come together, and you've got like Exodus. They all come together, and they're like, right, we're going to reality bend and all this stuff to finally make Mars habitable. And they do it. Okay. And it's a great it's a great comic. I love it so much. Uh, the artwork in this one in particular is just beautiful. So it's, um, it's, it's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Pepe Laraz. Laraz has done
3: majority of um, the reboot art. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. in one of the more prominent artists in, in this current run of X-Men. And Jerry Duggan, he's in writing Marauders. Yes. One of the new recent X-Men books. And Wolverine, are they his two books? Or Cable? I can't remember one of them.
2: I think it was Wolverine. And, and and like,
3: yeah, I think Hellion... No, no, Wolverine like the- is Benjamin Percy. So, I think, yeah, Duggan's been doing Cable and mm. Marauders.
2: Mm. So, yeah, all the new X-Books are just, like, some of them are a lot better than others. And, and I think, like, when they, when they first launched them, there were a couple of, like, I would say near misses. Like, Fallen Angels. I'm mm. uh, was, right. like... Yeah. yeah, short run, and thankfully it was a short run because it was not very good. But, like, a few of them, like, he, like um, Helians, or Hellions in particular, is like one of my personal favorites. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so they've uh, just decided to terraform Mars, basically do what like humans will do in several, several generations to be like, we're doing it in three hours! Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, again, setting up this status quo. They get the reality bender Jamie Madrix, not Jamie Madrix, sorry, Jamie Braddock. Yep. And uh, uh, who is currently king of one of the other world uh, realms. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we we have an idea. We there- have a wild weekend with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come up over here. We need your help. Come over. We need a reality bender. Um, and they're like, I have, I've got, I've got an idea for, uh because when they do everything, they're like, we're missing or something. We're yeah. missing like maybe a protection of this new new Mars. They're like, hey, we're gonna give you an idea, and you're gonna give birth to that idea. And he takes it literally. There's a bit of an Empreg in X Men, which is great. He gets a big old belly, and then he births a That's giant so sword, as in S W O R D, a sword station. Like that a huge uh, Jean space Gray. station. Yeah. Gene yeah. Yeah. That's That's Gray has to chuck into the, uh, uh, the so atmosphere so as it gets care. big. And
3: Magneto catches it with his magnesium <laughs> oh, mag- magne- magnetic powers. Yeah, it's beautiful.
2: It's so good. My Lord. Well, this was <laughs> all happening, all happening at the Hellfire Gala, which is like their very first, uh, like the, the mutant being like, we're going to have a big old ball. Mm-hmm. And I think some of you might have seen some of the wacky costumes the X-Men were wearing They're for the crazy. Hellfire Gala. And this was them showing off to the world, flexing their might, flexing their might, money flexing their powers and also fuck you we've terraformed mars mm. <laughs> as their big sort of like grand finale which is like got some ramifications happening in all the other Xbox. because everyone's like well fuck i yeah, guess it's, a, it's kind Ooh. of a big deal
4: it's kind of yeah probably gonna yeah. gonna affect some things mm.
2: i mean it's it's just yeah again it's setting up that status quo and i really like the like the reason why they're doing like all this from like you know uh, Magneto's perspective being like hey erokians you're uh, a bit violent. Uh, let's just give you a whole planet uh, to deal with, and we'll go from there. Because uh, otherwise, you're going to cause some strife uh, down on Earth. And um, yeah, it's just it's interesting seeing like how they're how they're doing and what they're playing with. Because again, you, when you look at like kind of mutantum in in the Marvel universe, they've always been like humans. We hate them. Yeah. Uh, I wish they'd fuck off. And so now they're basically well, we're fucking off to our own island, and then we're fucking off to a different planet and the uh, human's still not happy. It does feel
4: like a huge status quo change, like maybe the biggest ever that's happened sort of like to to mutants in in, in, in comics. I mean, like,
2: that's a huge claim, but it it feels (laughs) pretty big. I would say with Krakoa and then this, it's just kind of like the one-two punch of kind of like really shaking up what mutants are because they've really kind of been stagnant for the longest time. Yeah, Uh, And it's kind of like there's so many, like how many stories can we get where it's like, ah, yeah, Yes, hum- like you know, humanity hates and fears the X Men because they're different. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, yeah, Cyclops, he shoots fucking lasers out of his eyes." But Captain America, we love him. He's just strong. That's not
3: scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain America has a cameo in this. In the in the closest mm. thing to conflict, this uh, this issue has. What I liked mm-hmm. about the issue the most is there's no fighting in it. It is just <laughs> it's just a whole comic about terraforming Mars. Yeah, but, that, that but, is uh, great. Uh, <laughs> Captain America calls Cyclops to the uh the now like like dilapidated like mm-hmm. uninhibited um uh, X-Mansion um and and he's like, "Hey, so there's like a million more mutants in in in, the, in the, on the world now. What are you going to do about it?" And then Cyclops is like, "Just you wait." And then that's the end of the scene. I <laughs> know so- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Captain's like, "Yeah, I'll wait. Okay, it sounds
2: good. <laughs> sure, all right, good."
3: It'd be so funny, like writing like a street level, like you know, writing like a Luke Cage comic at Marvel yeah. right now, because you yeah. have to have like you know. Obviously people in the world are going to be talking about the fact that like
2: a mutant race just terraformed Mars.
4: Yeah, it's, it's kind of a big deal.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it it and I really like like the hints to other things as well that are sort of going on the wider sort of like Marvel universe because they reference um I think it's like Mercator, who is like this Mutant that really only ever appeared in like a like a run of X Factor, like just in like during like the one nine eight days where he disappears into like a bunch of butterflies at some point, I think, from memory sure. anyway. You remember the one nine eight days, Jackson? Yeah, I yeah, yeah, to, yeah, do yeah. I? Don't you? When there was well, a, to, only uh, hundred and ninety-eight mutants left. He After... became butterflies, <laughs> Levin's. I yeah. Who I think this yeah. doesn't Come make on, sense on, to me. After Wanda said no more mutants. Uh huh. You know, remember that? I, I do remember that. I mean, I don't remember that, but I know of it. <laughs> <laughs> this was after they they, they make the uh, uh uh the House of M series. Mm-hmm. You know where mm-hmm. mutants, you know you know that thing, and like Magneto becomes like king of all the lands. Sure. And they realize it's a reality thing, and then un- unfortunately Magneto kind of lashes out and kills Pietro, which is why you remember all this. I he remember knows. He knows. all of it. Absolutely, one, one ninety-eight, nine, yeah. and whatever. they're only reduced to like only 198 mutants. Anyway, so they they. they Reference him to be like, oh, we need a reality bender, and they're like, well, you know, he's he's not around to, to help, sort of help us out. They reference Legion, Xavier's son. They're like, he's a bit too unstable at the moment, so we don't trust him. And they, then reference, they reference Franklin, Franklin Richards, yeah, yeah to be like, like Franklin Richards. And he's like, yeah, he's not family anymore. <laughs> Which again, I, I'm not sure what's going on with Franklin Richards in, in Fantastic Four. I think he's no longer a mutant. I know he definitely has gone from uh, a blonde to. Uh, uh, dark hair Which is interesting oh, okay. I guess goth <laughs> face yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah 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 He's uh, dyed his hair Or something I mm. don't know But yeah, so, no, it's a, yeah It's a great little comic uh, Do not read it i uh, stand alone It will be confusing um, Yeah this yeah
4: this feels like i uh, like i like i couldn't just read no, this comic no, no i would no. Be go back to lost. Yeah,
2: house of x and powers of x and then just
3: continue from there yeah
2: um, literally every single uh x-men comic book read them from uh, from that moment except okay. Fallen yeah. Angels. you, you don't need to read
3: yeah. fallen angels yeah, yeah, you can I'm not going to read,
2: gonna read yeah. any of them. like this. That's the trick. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh. You don't need to. You've got a it.
4: Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'll just yell at, at your you
3: beck and call. The room I'll just, so I'll just, like,
4: hey, yeah, I c- c- get it all by osmosis. so mm-hmm. I've got a vague understanding mm. of everything that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: but no, it's it's a great step forward for mutandom I'm a big, big fan of what what's going on. We got to meet some of the uh, other mutants from Aroka, who was like one was this giant caterpillar lad who just kind of like that's splurts and cool. like, almost explodes themselves to kind of chew up the dirt to make it more habitable you've got some giant unit who is this like tall fish guy oh. and he cuts himself and he's like right that's gonna be my blood's gonna be the water on mars and it does <laughs> okay you got someone cool. who just teleports the giant external portal uh which is of course the external portal made from the bones of the external mutants of g- yeah the, I the do, immortal yes. mutants they yeah, kill them and they make course, the bones of, of these um, yeah so they can track yeah you know you know you don't and even that's need how to can, explain it to yeah. me <laughs> and so they can uh, um teleport to and from uh the island so uh it's it, what a great little uh, comic book. Highly recommend it. It is... Uh, if you were, you were a fan of X-Men in the past and you've fallen off and you're like, do I dabble back into it? Uh, yes, 100%. Uh, just, you start with uh, House of X, Powers of X. Cause otherwise, I, it's very confusing. Yeah, I want to know what the tipping
3: point is, though, because at the moment, like death doesn't matter because they've figured out a way how to reincarnate yep. any mutant. Yes. Um, they've terraformed Mars. They have yes. their own island. Uh, yes. At some point, is it all going to come crashing down, do you think? Or do we think we just, this is the status quo forever now?
2: I think the moment X-Men enter the MCU, just like how when we had the the, the movies of old and how they affected the comic books, and we had um, like a dirty Wolverine in just a leather like a leather jacket with no shirt underneath, mm. we're going to have that same effect onto comic books. Yeah, sure. So the moment the MCU introduces X-Men as whatever they are, whatever that is will influence X-Men, and then they'll have a big reboot. Yeah, because you oh, couldn't yeah, so have... Be a like, big, a reality-shifting moment.
4: Yeah, right. I can't jump into this absolute nonsense you've been describing, no. or like, I can't watch an, like, the X-Men movie where it's just like, if it's the original 6 or 5 or whatever. 5, Jackson, come on. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and they're, you know, 198, Jackson. Yeah, 198, <laughs> the X-Men are now bones. Now name them. Their bones or portals <laughs> or something. Um, and then jump into this shit, I would just, I, it would be so confusing. Um, yeah. Which is unfortunate, I think. because oh, like, yeah. As much as the X-Men confuse and terrify me, it's cool that they're getting weird with it. That's always is gonna be better than playing it safe well yeah like this is
2: like a long history of X-Men getting weird with it because like there was so many like oh if you look at X-Men stories of past they're like we're chopping off to space and we're having affairs with bird aliens that's pretty neat and then suddenly they're like hey we're in a fantasy land and one of my kids a dragon now and like that's pretty cool Uh, so like again X-Men can go all over the place they're like you know what's cool what if like a giant alien laid an egg in me and I gave birth to that alien that'd be scary yeah and so, what? like, yeah, they just kind of kept really changing a lot of shit in the X-Men uh, back in the day. Um, and, like, with, like, Claremont uh, in, like, um, Burns' run. It was just kind of, like, all these, like, cool ideas and all these things were happening. And it's just more and more as it kind of kept going, as it kept going, and people were like, no, let's kind of keep the sustain and keep it stagnant. And you have, like, that, that problem of, like, Wolverine in every single, like, basically issue yeah. um, of the 90s where just things became very, very samey. And it will be disappointing when they reboot this. I yeah. will be sad, but I'll get over it and keep reading the filth that is X-Men. And I will enjoy it because uh, that is the curse of me. And I'll let you talk about it once a month. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'll be so happy. Lucky. <laughs> so, yes, no, a beautiful book. I don't know. Yeah, 10 out of 10. I don't know what rating would do it either way. X. Or if we just like a big thumbs up or a big thumbs down. But it gives like two big thumbs up from me. That's Excellent. good
0: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
3: Um, so we're going to move from the House of X to the House of Lost Horizons. That's so true. Sarah Jewel Mystery, number one. Jackson, yeah. tell us so- about it.
4: So, uh, uh, I'm a massive fan of the the Hellboy comics, Mike Mignola's sort of like Hellboy verse. Uh, One of the things I really love about this series is that, you know, obviously you have the main Hellboy run, but it loves to do this thing where it will idly mention a character, and then all of a sudden, that character will get their own, like, you know, massive run of comics, which I know is pretty typical for, like, you know, your superhero thing, whatever. If if a character's popular, you're gonna get a comic, but uh, I think it's rarer with the kind of, like, horror comics, or the, um, whatever you would call the sort of, like, Hellboy series, because I don't know if it really typically, sort of, like, is what you'd call a superhero series. Anyway, so one character that they mentioned years ago was a character named Sarah Jewell and she is like idly mentioned maybe offhand by a character in one of the Sir Edward Grey Witchfinder comics and then in one of the the later runs of that I mean those comics are incredible and one of the later and uh, not very good comics she makes her first debut (laughs) um and then I think there was some announcement like oh we're gonna get a bunch of Sarah Uh, sort of like comics or at least a run and and maybe a couple more after that. And uh, yeah, so fi- finally it's been released and it's effectively like a kind of Miss Marple or a uh, uh, sort of like Agatha Christie, like locked house mystery, uh, sort of like a Poirot sort of thing, but set within that Hellboy universe, which is a kind of sort of a comic that I didn't think would work almost like I, I I thought that was the kind of thing that might end up being like too wordy or, or too difficult to convey onto the page. Uh, but it's, 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 it's done spectacularly well. I'm so invested. The Sarah jewel is a, uh, I guess like an occult detective is the idea. Like mm. so many characters within the Hellboy universe. Uh, and I think this one is set in the 1950s, maybe or the 1960s. And, uh, the premise is that she is, uh, uh, on a, a mansion on an island uh, with a bunch of other people because somebody has died and uh, basically they're trying to figure out who. But I, the sort of twist is like the he died in a supernatural way, but he was also a collector of supernatural artifacts. And now they're like, well which one of these artifacts could be the the cause of his death and do, how do the people who are also staying at this mansion sort of play into it. Hmm. Only three issues are out at the moment. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think recently with these sort of like stories in the Hellboy-verse, because I don't know when it, when it was, but like a, a couple of years ago, they, they wrapped up. The arc of Hellboy is, is finished.
3: Yep. Hellboy and Hellboy
4: yeah, Hellboy in Hell, and then the end of Hellboy in Hell, and then even the end of BPID Hell on Earth, or I think it was called The Devil You Know, which, like, entirely wrapped up the very end of the world. And uh, so, like, that's all finished, and now they're kind of going back, and they're doing, like, well, these are the sort of, like, interstitial stories that were also happening in the background. And I think that's done a kind of a weird thing for Hellboy comics, where they have to start, what am I trying to say here? So, like, back in the day before we knew the ultimate outcome of the world you could you could have stuff where you're like oh we're clearly building to this grand finale but they've done the grand finale now and everything that was going to build to it has built to it and that means that any comic set in this universe now has to build to something that was also happening and i think that's kind of caused some weird stuff so like they've started releasing a bunch of um just Hellboy in the BPRD sort of short run comics. So they yeah, had like uh, five
3: issues at a time, right? And they always yeah, had really exactly. amazing art teams on them.
4: Oh yeah. they Some of them, some of them rule. Like uh, uh, the Seven Wives Club was great. And uh, I think they're doing a kind of like haunted house one at the moment, which is really fun as well, because somehow in Hellboy's entire run, he's never just come up against ghosts. So like, <laughs> which is so shocking, but uh, I guess he's always fighting like a huh. big vampire or like a golem or whatever. So this time it's, it's just like a haunted house mystery. So those are really fun, but they have to be co- quite self-contained. Um, and even like some of those, so I think there was one recently called The Return of Effie Kolb, which is a sequel to a really good Hellboy comic where a, a witch at the end gets turned into a horse. Oh, yeah, history. that's a great one. Yeah. It's awesome. So there's, there's a sequel comic to that <laughs> where Hellboy is returning and Effie Kolb, who was the witch does, that does, got does he turned into a horse. No, unfortunately not. She's gotten out. She's not a horse anymore. It's a bummer. But but it's full of these weird little hints to like, so like he meets this young girl and the young girl, she can draw on a piece of paper and what she draws comes to life. And in the end, it's hinted that she's going to go to like an evil magic school in Boston. Huh. And you're like, well, that's, I guess you're setting up future stuff, but it just feels very, because we've seen the entirety of Hellboy's story, these these ones that are like, oh, we're furthering Hellboy's story they feel a bit strange or whatever, but I mean, I'm, I'm always excited to see what happens. They're still good comics.
2: The way you're describing it, sort of sounds like. I know you recommended. Um, you recommended quite a lot of Hellboy stuff, I, and you, they are <laughs> all good. Well, they're not all good, but
4: most <laughs> um, of them. Are. Yeah. And
2: you recommended me a couple of months ago, uh, Joe Gollum. Yeah, which is sort of like I got kind of like just powered through all them, and it's a sort of similar premise there. Mm, yeah, um, for sure. What you're describing.
4: Well, yeah, Joe Gollum, because Joe Gollum is set in the Outer Verse, which is mm. Mike Mignola's other supernatural. <laughs> like, it's so funny because it's basically the same idea, more or less. It's just like, well, let's play with this alternate history or whatever. But yeah, so you can see definitely the same themes are there. And Joe Gollum has the beauty of being like, well, this story's not finished yet, so we can lead to something grand. <laughs> Although, I must say, a lot of the new Outerverse comics I really don't like for some reason. Um, like, uh, 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 Lady Baltimore? Just not oh, for me. Right. Very a- frenetic. I don't know. Just jumped me in and I was like everyone's talking who is anyone please slow down so maybe it'll get better I don't know but yeah The the House
3: of Lost Horizons was written by this guy called Chris Robinson, and he wrote one of my favourite Hellboy tie-ins The Visitor how and why he stayed that's an incredible tie-in about an alien yeah Mm. very good fun
4: an alien with her wife wow <laughs> but yeah so, so it's it's really well it's really well paced it's done a great job of introducing these characters that are all staying in the mansion with Sarah Jewel in a way that isn't overwhelming and is just giving you a little... Quite unlike Lady Baltimore, there's no freneticness to it. You, you're kind of slowly introduced so you can get to learn who these characters are so that the ultimate sort of like the the classic uh, Agatha Christie-like reveals of yeah. like, oh, well, here's this secret this character had, or here's this secret this character had, can come at you in a kind of like at, a, at an appropriate pace, um, which makes it all the more all the more intriguing. And Sarah Jewell is such a fun character, that um i'm i'm sort of surprised they hadn't done anything with kind of yet because i i know that uh, mike mignola he talks about a lot of the characters that he has in in the sort of sp- i guess spin-off so to speak hellboy comics as like he's always loved this genre and he wants to kind of like play around within that setting so like a uh, sir edward gray witchfinder is because he loved like the kanaki the, the the that that sort of like occult uh, victorian detective so he's like well, I'll do an Occult Victorian detective comic and his Lobster Johnson comics because he's like, well, I love that like 1940s pulp adventure comic. So I'll do my sort of my own version of this. And I feel like Sarah Jewell is like, well, I love that Agatha Christie, Poirot, locked room sort Cluedo. of like- <laughs> Cluedo, yeah. So this is this is my version mm-hmm. of that. Um, and it, it's, it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just really enjoying it. Uh, Sarah Jewell is like this- kind of brash american occult detective which is a really nice change of pace from a lot of the other characters i think as well especially in that setting um but yeah I, yeah it, it, it's really good it's like it's not it, it's not trying to tie into anything larger there's no like war this is a big mystery this is a big epic story it's just like a a fun little murder mystery on a spooky island mansion and um Yeah, I'm I'm really into it. So I recommend it. If you're looking for like, you're like, oh, Hellboy comics, I'd like to get into them, but there's so many of them and clearly there's this massive story going, I want something more self-contained. It's a really great one to pick. It's also one of the very few Hellboy comics with like a, a female lead, so that's good about it as well. <laughs> so if you want to jump into it for that reason, there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I recommend it. And you can just read this just by itself, self-contained. Yeah, pretty much. Huh? You don't need to know much else about the Hellboy yeah, universe. I don't know how I feel yeah, that. yeah. There's no nobody's terraforming Mars. <laughs> It's just human beings. And, Self-contained. And maybe a ghost. You can make <laughs> it sense and just... Hmm, uh, you yeah. you can definitely
3: make this as convol- convoluted. I think you, if you try hard enough, you can make this confusing and convoluted. Oh, uh, I, I mean, right. I'm sure I you I believe could. in you. Um, <laughs> so the art for this was also done by um, uh, Layla Del Duca, who uh, did the art on one of our favourite comics on uh, serious issues a few years ago called Sleepless, an oh, image yeah. book about... Uh, it was like a... Like a period piece about um, where, like, w- the every castle is protected by a, a man who doesn't sleep. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> it's cool! A beautiful romance story, <clears throat> and the colors are by Michelle Madsen, uh, who uh, she did the colors for a great book called Lady Killer, and uh, tons of other stuff for for DC and Dark Horse. But yeah, great creative team on that one.
4: Yeah, for sure, and it, it really shows. Like, it, it just it's a really tight, solid comic. Um, which is which is great i and I, I don't know i I think I just found it particularly refreshing because a lot of the other mignola books that I'd read recently I found a little bit disappointing, so I was like, oh, great, like even some of the the later the most recent Witchfinder where we find out about Jack the Ripper in Mike Mignola's universe, which is something they've been setting up all the time. Every time they mention Sir Edward Grey, they're like, oh yeah, he was the Queen's Witchfinder until that business with the Ripper. And you're like, what the fuck happened with Jack the Ripper? Because it must have been crazy. And then you read it and you're like, that was a bad comic. Wow. How horribly disappointing after all of that buildup. So I found Sarah Jewell really refreshing and I really recommend it Fantastic.
3: So, we've terraformed Mars, we've uh, <laughs> ventured into the house of Lost Horizons, now it's time to have sex with a Birdman, because... <laughs>
4: it does shock
2: me how, how much we don't like, like, manga and anime. I know.
4: that does end appealing. <laughs> sex with a Birdman sounds
2: awesome. One of the ulterior motives of,
3: uh, of this podcast is to get Jackson reading more manga. <laughs> <laughs> so, and maybe you too, Zamet uh, So... Uh, last year, I reviewed on the podcast a, uh, a, the first book in a series called Toritan, Birds of a Feather, by uh, a writer named Kotetsuko uh, Yamamoto. And uh, this is a manga series. Uh, the second volume came out. Um, it's published by Viz, and it is part of their imprint, which is called BL Sublime. And uh, do you guys know what BL stands for? No. Be or- Lucky. Yep. <laughs> it, it stands for Boy's Love. And uh, this is <laughs> all right. uh, a genre of, uh, of manga which is almost predominantly written by women um, and that explores the love between two men. And yeah. uh, as someone always looking to expand my horizons, I mm-hmm. thought, sure, I'll give like, you know, a romance book, uh, you know, about two men a go, um, read something different. I've read a couple um, and they've all been pretty enjoyable. Most of them have been pretty like, you know... Down the middle Kind of like romance stuff So I picked up Torotan Birds of a Feather And uh, straight away We meet um, A Aspiring Private detective um, Who is not good at his job, so he is just a kind of like a jack-of-all-trades who does odd jobs around the neighbourhood. His name is Unasaki. And uh, pretty early on in the book, we learn that he has the ability to talk to birds. Okay. And it is it abil- is an ability that he hates because birds don't shut the fuck up, ever. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, one day he meets a crow, and he falls in love with the crow. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Crows are
4: smart. Okay. That's um. not what I expected, but and so, cool.
3: This crow is really suave. He's uh, he's he, you know, plays by his own rules. Mm-hmm. And this, the first volume of Torotan, Birds of a Feather, actually made a pretty convincing argument as to why one would fall in love with a crow.
4: Wow.
2: <laughs> I and was yeah. Quick question. Yes.
3: Can the crow understand the boy as well? Yeah, yeah, no, they, they can talk to each other. Okay, so they're, okay. They're, he's, all right. He like, there's a great, you know, the best thing about manga is that like, and obviously comics too, but particularly manga. We'll we'll have, like, you know, the dialogue box And then you'll have, like, what the characters are thinking Yeah So, like, you know, pretty early on in this book He's like, is this crow flirting with me? And I was just like, oh, God, this is so much fun Like, you know, thinking thinking you're going to get, like, just a regular romance book And then finding out it's about, like, a man falling in love with a bird Unbelievable
4: Yeah, spectacular Anyway, so I was
3: very excited for Volume 2 to show up Fair And uh, I have some bad news Oh no. no! Volume two, Kuro the Crow is not in this volume because we learn that another boy in the neighborhood that Unasaki met in Volume One has the power to take over the minds of birds. So <laughs> he what? entered the mind of a crow <laughs> to flirt with someone, and neither of them. They're, they're, they're like while well, Inos- in- Inosaki has more experience, he's been out for longer. Yeah. Um, uh his uh his his pursuer Mitsuru uh has, has he's not out yet and so he is looking to have his first experiences with a man and he yeah. does this by taking over the mind of a crow and flirting yeah. with him because he's able to communicate with
1: birds. That
2: that that <laughs> did, did he know like or was it just like I'm just going to control this bird and oh lucky me. Yeah, this guy can talk to. Exactly.
3: Birds. No, exactly. So he was he basically he would use his power he can only use it for a few minutes at a time. And yeah. mm-hmm. one day when he's, like, you know, basically checking a guy out as a bird, the the guide, Osaki off- offers him some dried squid that he's eating. Yeah. And, and the two ah. begin a conversation that ends up uh, them forming a relationship. Um, what was great about the first volume, though, and I missed it so much, is that, like, you had these scenes where, like, he's lying in bed at the end of the day being like, Oh... I wish that bird would call me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like just contemplating his like feelings. Not only because like one, it's weird for uh, uh you know interspecies uh, yeah, romantic feelings strange. to exist, mm. but also this is a, a species that he, for his entire life, since uh, as long as he had this power to talk to them, has hated. So the idea oh. of falling in love with something that he hates the most—it was a compelling read. Yeah, um, I can imagine. So mm. the second book is is it's revealed that like, yeah, like the, the, his pursuer knows that he can talk to birds and also his pursuer can take over the minds of birds. And so it's about them having like an awkward start to their relationship. And, um, eventually, um, the Mitsuru, uh, gets into college and, um, he, Inosaki promises to him that they'll they'll finally have sex that he the day that he gets into college and so yeah. he gets into college they have sex and then the book
2: and the series is over now. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I mean, I what? look. It's kind of nice that he, he he gets to make love to a human man as opposed yeah. to a crow. Um, but it is it's weird. He feels like he's been like. Magically catfished. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel ethical for some yeah, reason. It's like I fell in love with a cr- chrome crow. Yeah, I fell in love with a, with a man. I fell in love with a crow man. It's, 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 it's the same issue I have with Beauty and the Beast when yeah. when Beast fo- goes into like that foppish blonde boy. I'm oh like, man, that and made me so in, mad when I was. A kid. Yeah, yeah, that's not who I fell in love, fell with. In love a with. The Beast.
4: Yeah, exactly. I'm like
2: a hairy man, it's not also... this smooth boy. What a shame. I fell in love with the feathered crow. <laughs> yeah, not this smooth boy. It must
4: have been such a shame for you as well, Lovins, to be like, I've been convinced by this comic that he should be in love with a crow. And then almost for the comic to turn around and be like, you idiot. Of course he shouldn't be in love with a crow. He should be in love with a man who is in a crow. You know? Yeah. Uh,
3: but yeah, a, a wild roller coaster. Um, sounds like, like it. You know, it sounds ridiculous to, to recap it, but there. like you know really well conveyed emotions uh, in this book through the writing and the art which is just you know it's that really nice effortless kind of like slice of life conversational um, artwork that really is well suited to a book like this Uh, yeah again the story and art is by uh, Kotetsuko Yamamoto and uh, she's apparently got a a bunch of other series on the way so I will be looking out for her books Um, look if anyone has uh, has a recommendation for a book where a man actually does consummate his love with a crow. <laughs> with a crow, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have been playing a lot of the video game Death's Door where you are a crow with a sword. He doesn't get fucked either. Yeah. So, That's yeah, look, true. I think we've all been playing that game quite a lot.
4: Yeah, and I have not noticed any sex happening yeah. to the protagonists of just Death's saying, Door.
3: Look, creators, maybe 2022 is the year of crow sex.
4: Yeah, I think it should be.
3: <laughs> Phase I five think, of the MCU. Every yeah, character fucks a crow. Every crows. character's fucking
4: crows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Odin's
2: got them two ones that are his a, eyes or whatever. That's
4: true. It would be a drastic change Very much. from the current MCU's run, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. audiences would uh, appreciate Yeah, I think they'd come to understand
3: well, you can let us know uh, if, if wh- which which, which uh, popular superheroes you, you'd like to see enter romantic relationships with crows <laughs> in 2022. Uh, we have Basically. a Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues podcast with a few thousand people in it. And if you want to talk about the podcast in there, I'd love that. Uh, we also have a, uh, a Sans Pants Radio Discord with a Serious Issues channel in it. You can talk mm-hmm. about the podcast and comics in general, including recommending comics for us to try in the future, especially yeah, if they have crows in them. Um yeah. <laughs> You can catch uh, Zamet and Jackson on several Sandspants podcasts, namely Plumbing the Death Star, Baseless mm-hmm. Speculation, and Thumb Cramps, every single mm-hmm. week. Um, and, uh, you can catch all these podcasts that I've been talking about, plus a bunch that I do, including Hey Fam and all the small games over at SansPantsRadio.com. Thank you so much, uh, to lit for listening. If this is your first, uh, episode of the all new, all different serious issues, there's, there's years of the podcast that you can go back and listen to, or you can catch us back here next week for another episode with the three of us. And then oh, yeah. future episodes with different guests in the, in the future. But, uh, Jackson, Zamet, thank you so much for, for, for bringing this baby back
2: to life. any time. Just call me an Omega Mutant that can terraform a podcast. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for listening. If you want to hear more, just search for Serious Issues on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to
0: podcasts. Selling a little or a lot?